our our way of living is unsustainable, mm-hmm. right? So if everyone became a vegetarian, we could feed, I think, three Earths yeah. our size, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how many resources go into our diets. Mm-hmm. The um, rainforest that people are concerned about, mm-hmm. majority of them are being cutting down or burned to plant food to feed animals uh, for us to eat. So, you know, a lot of the things that we're concerned about, a lot of the famines in the world are coming from huge companies going and buying up people's land, farming um, food to feed animals to feed us. So again, that like 83% of the crop, 83% of the land goes to feed only 18% of the of the mm. calories. That remaining percentage is very small, but that feeds the rest of the world. Welcome back to Advent Next, a theological podcast curated for curious faith discussions. This week, we are continuing our conversation with Dr. Rahel Wells, professor of biblical studies at Andrews University. This week, we are exploring questions regarding how the human diet impacts the environment and what are some biblical ideals for the human-animal relationship. If you're not already following us on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, be sure to find us at the handle at Advent Next. This week, our co-host is Caleb Isley, the editor for a storytelling platform called Humans of Adventism. You can follow his work at the Instagram handle at Humans of Adventism or at Caleb Isley. I'm your host, Kendra Arsenal, and this is Advent Next. You brought something out uh, in one of your talks about looking at ourselves as more of cohabitors of the earth uh, with other creatures rather than just seeing ourselves as more like the central uh, focus and I think you know we had this during the time of Galileo. We thought mm-hmm. we were the Earth was the center of the universe, and that we as humans are not the center of this planet. There's all sorts of reasons again why people have that perspective. Um, again, I don't want to bash anyone. That's really important to me. Like mm-hmm. yeah. it's hard for me even to talk about this topic sometimes because I don't want. Like the last thing I want is for people to go away feeling like I am. Seeking right. to crush them mm-hmm. or make them feel terrible about the things that they're doing. Because I think God has each of us on a different journey. Yeah. And, you know, many people I've talked to, I may have shared something about this with them 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And only now are they realizing that that's something that yep. they need to make a change. And so, um, and I think it's similar with that as far as our view of the whole earth, right? Like, are we using the, our resources well? Do we view the earth as ours, which is what we mostly do? And that's why we need a new iPhone every year and we do, you know, whatever. Like we're not valuing so often the resources. I I can't remember the numbers, but it's some huge amount of percentage of the world's resources that the U.S. uses Mm. versus the rest of the world. And it's like, so it's a much bigger problem than just animals, right? It's like our whole view of, of the earth. And I think... I mean, there's lots of reasons this comes from, but one of them is, of course, sin. But one of them is also a misunderstanding of Genesis 1, where it says we're supposed to rule and have dominion. Mm. Um, and I think people, well, I know, just think. I mean, you see people who have written about this, therefore we can rule and have dominion and do whatever we want with it because the earth is ours. But that goes against the rest of Scripture, which is that the earth is God's. And so our rulership is under his rulership. It should be, right? We should be thinking of the earth and everything in it as gods belonging to him and how are we going to take care of it how are we going to value it how are obviously we can't save every animal you know there we have to weigh and balance things right but we are often aren't very good at doing that we're about greed and money and profit and you know so um, a lot of the things that 
a lot of the views we have of the earth as a whole come out of that view and mentality. I think even as Christians get infected by that too. Mm. I also try to stay out of politics, but I think it's kind of almost impossible to not realize the impact. And I, and I, I guess I would just say to people that are saying, you know, you're talking about political issues, I would say, well, have you actually read scripture on mm-hmm. this, right? Because I am, like, my my grounding, my point is to be faithful to scripture, mm-hmm. wherever that takes me. Does that mean I'm going to, you know, <laughs> I think you have to then be careful, but, but where scripture is clear, we need to be clear. Mm-hmm. And I think we're often afraid of that too, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So yeah. I think that plays a role sometimes, and people may feel strongly about something, but they're saying, well, I don't want to get involved in it because it's going to be political or it's going to be controversial. And I mean, honestly, that is a fear for me sometimes too, right? I have mm-hmm. to fight against that and make very clear that I am not seeking to be in any sort of political platform. I'm seeking to share scripture with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's easy to... Uh, fall into the trap of what you're allowed to do and Mm -hmm. what you should care about, right? Mm -hmm. Like in my own head, as you've been talking, I've I've been thinking about this cultural difference between uh, living in the South and living in Portland, Oregon, Mm -hmm. where one Mm -hmm. place is like a vegetarian paradise, right? There, there's Mm -hmm. options when you go out to eat, there are other people, Christian or not, that care, that Mm -hmm. cook that way. In the South, you could almost uh, miss out on a, a relationship or a friendship or conversation with someone because they they include meat in every single meal, mm-hmm. you know. And in my own head, I'm like, well, I don't, you know, I don't want to be completely vegetarian because it would I would miss out on those things. Mm-hmm. But then beyond that, what do I do when I just have the choice when I'm on my own, you know? If I still just go through the drive-through and get a burger. Like, what does that have to do with these relationships that are that I'm using kind of as this reason to not, uh, if nothing else, cut down on my meat consumption? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's really easy to do just with a lot of things where it's it it's it's not just a yes or no. It's like, are you progressing toward the, the ideal that you believe in and the mm-hmm. principles that you believe in? Yeah, yeah and I... <laughs> And I want to be quick to add that I think there are lots of places in the world where you probably can't live healthily without eating some meat, mm-hmm. right? So I think we are blessed here in America where we can, right? There, but, yeah. you know, there are lots of places in the world where you might not be able to, like you Alaska, might. Alaska. Yeah. yeah. So I think we need to be careful there too, to not mm-hmm. just pigeonhole everyone, but like you're talking about, like leading people towards this direction, right? Mm-hmm. So um, even if I can get people to eat less meat, I'm happy, right? Or to eat humanely farmed meat or to eat meat without blood, although that I think is a very clear thing in scripture. So to me, I think we also have to weigh as we're dealing with relationships, like where is your relationship with God, Sure. right? Mm-hmm. So there are values in scripture of which not eating meat is not a sin, I don't see, but eating blood is. So how are you going to then navigate those relationships just as you might do with not eating unclean meat, right? Mm -hmm. So I think there are ways to do that. We're used to doing one. We're not used to doing the other. Mm -hmm. I think there are ways to do that, that you don't have to draw attention to it. You don't have to, you know, like, um, you know, I am for the most part vegan, but I will eat dairy sometimes when I'm at someone's house. But I, I, you know, I don't draw attention to it. Many times Mm -hmm. I don't, and I will just eat the things that don't have it and 
Like, why do I need to bring that up to someone, right? Sure. So, so like, I think that's where we also often go wrong when we are advocating for something mm-hmm. is we're like, if I'm a vegetarian, I need to tell everyone, right? Yeah. When I go to the restaurant, I need to tell the server, like, yeah. oh, I'm a vegetarian. No, and I, I, I cringe at that because mm-hmm. I feel that can we be a witness instead by our example, right? Mm-hmm. And then many times I've had people, I've been able to share with them, you know, my health journey and the benefits that have come to me from the lifestyle I've chosen. And it then becomes more organic rather than me trying to convince them of something or bash them over the head with the club of Jesus, which I don't think is ever effective. As we're talking, you know, when we talk about stuff when it comes to like human interaction with with animals and the planet and the ecosystem, and even just the way we uh, interact with different industries, you know, mm-hmm. uh, is this is this industry, is this company involved in, do they do fair trade chocolate mm-hmm. um, or uh, do they do slave labor or child labor in the industries mm-hmm. in which they're producing their products? I think people can sometimes, they begin to feel just convicted or they begin to feel mm-hmm. like, how can I possibly, I have a phone that, that has, that metals that were uh, probably, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, gotten from places in Africa that had child labor I- involved. How do I involve myself in a world where I feel like every part that I take part of, I'm somehow, my mm-hmm. hands are covered in blood, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. How do you talk to that person who feels like, is there any place I can go where I'm making the best or the most ethical choices um, yeah, that's a complicated question. I know that I don't make all the best choices either, but I think the simple things that you can do, so I I guess I would say give them simple things, right? And then have them maybe pick something new every month that they add on or even something new every year, right? Like maybe you're just going to move slowly into something. I, I don't think we can, I think we become overwhelmed if we're trying to do everything all at once. So, um, but I think simple things are just use the things that you have as long as you can. Mm-hmm. Right. So why do we need to buy so many new things? I think this is a problem for many people. Right. So we have this materialism focus. Right. So mm-hmm. if we can get people back to using, reusing, 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 um, and this would apply to all of our possessions, our food as well. Right. So um, seeking to just be mindful. So. Yeah. You know, because I think a lot of people get to this, oh, my goodness, my phone was made in this place and I need to get rid of it and get a new one. Well, then you're adding to that, right? Mm-hmm. So use the thing that you have. Use up your leather shoes or whatever. And then the next time when you need it, get think, bowling. Right. So <laughs> so I think if you can just build that into your mindset, right, like don't go and throw all the meat out of your freezer. Mm-hmm use it or give it to someone or like, mm-hmm. you know, so don't let that animal's life go to waste either. Right. So I think our, our waste in this country is a huge problem too. So I would start there. Right. Mm-hmm. So try to use be- the best you can with the things that you have. And if you, you know, and then slowly as those things wear out, make new choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course I would think the same with diet. I know there's a lot of stuff out there about how to move a change, make a change in your diet, even if you're not moving vegetarian, but maybe you just want to move healthier, right? So maybe you already are a vegetarian, but um, you know, include one new recipe every month or one new one new meatless meal a week, you know, and and meatless and then, Mondays. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so start working that direction and um, you know, it, it is making a difference. You may feel, and I think this is often the problem too, pe- people feel like I'm not making a difference, right? What mm. can one me do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if all of us me's do those one things, right, it does make a difference. And actually that's what's happening now. Tides are turning. It's slow, 
but it's happening. You can even go to the South and find vegetarian meals, at least at a restaurant, maybe not at, you know, so um, I think as we continue to make good choices and live good examples and do the best we can and and pray, you know, like God will help lead us to things that are that are things that we can do and handle doing, you know? Mm. We've all seen the videos, right? We've seen like mm. the animal abuse videos mm-hmm. and the factory farming. And it's like, I get so angry and because there's nothing you can do. It's already like the past of what has happened. Um, in fact, there's this whole documentary uh, that came out, not related on a Netflix called Don't Mess With Cats. Mm. And it's about this guy who kind of documented kind of his own torture of these cats. And then the mm. internet went on this search for him and, and eventually he ended up in prison. But I'm like, we see videos like this mm-hmm. with farm animals, but like there's not that same visceral response from, from the large community. Like, what do we do? One, is, is it good for us to see these videos? Like, um, for me, I feel helpless and powerless and angry. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and I know that people sometimes are just like, I don't wanna talk about it because I know I can't do anything about it and this sucks and so I'm asking you as a, that's like a, 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 some advice for someone who is like, I just want to close my eyes now because I don't want to have to think about this anymore. To be honest, I don't watch them much either. I can't handle it either. Um, I don't even read much about what happens to them. I just, it's, it kills me. Mm. Um, so, and I don't show it to my students. Mm-hmm. I don't find it helpful in that context, right? Mm. So if I'm trying to convince someone to make a change in their lives, that usually pushes them over the edge as like too much mm. or that I am being unreasonable or fanatical graphic mm. or, you know, it's just so like, I find it, maybe it helps for some people and I'm, if so good, but I find most people are more convinced by the just weight of evidence on all fronts, giving them a whole bunch of data about the care for the earth. Like this is a huge issue now amongst a lot of young people. So if I can share with them, like these are the differences it makes what you eat. Like Mm. it's more important that you eat vegetarian to care for the earth than it is to drive a hybrid car. Mm -hmm. I mean like 60 to 70% of all emissions and problems that are contributing to that come from animal industry. Mm. So, you know, just Things like that and like crazy statistics that they're like, oh my word, right? And so people make changes and then health statistics. I I have this book, I should have brought it. It's called How Not to Die. It's this thick, literally just come out. Atheist scientist, I don't know if he's an atheist, but he's definitely not purporting to be any sort of Christian, right? Mm-hmm. So he's just coming at it like I'm a doctor, like I I I was I've been on a 40-year journey of seeking to help people not die and realizing that we have done a terrible job about it because really the answer is to give up animal products. Mm. Just um disease after disease after disease after disease after disease. Like if you give them up, you won't have it, you won't have it, you won't have it, you won't have it. So like those kinds of things, while <laughs> it's not an in-your-face thing, like mm-hmm. what you're doing is wrong, but I think that weight of evidence on all of these fronts um, can often be a lot more convincing to people. And then to, I think it also has to do with that thing of like, do I have to change everything right now, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you are in just simply encouraging people to eat less, then maybe they can move in that direction. Like, And I've had a lot of students over the years who've said that, like, I have, I, you know, they'll write in their final paper, like I'm eating less. I'm, you know, I'm trying to make 
choices in that direction. I mean, that warms my heart because like that's all I really care about. I mean, of course, I'd love to make them all a vegetarian, but I realize that that's probably not going to happen right away. So showing them the video like that, I think can often be counterproductive because it makes people feel like I've got to change everything. I can't do that. I'm so overwhelmed. So I'm just going to not think about it. Mm. Right. So compartmentalize it. Right. Put it away. So that's not the case for everyone. I know there are people out there who are convinced by these things. So mm. I haven't found very many of them in my circles. And I think maybe it's also because Adventists tend to maybe feel some guilt already for eating meat because <laughs> like, you know, we shouldn't and whatever. Mm. So like guilt tripping Adventist doesn't seem to help. Mm. Right. So um, I've got to find other ways to talk about it with them. Mm. I just, I, I spend a lot of time with people that are not Adventist. And mm-hmm. so I'm just wondering, like, are there are there other things that we can use besides Bible verses to show, like, the, I don't know, like, reasons to care about animal life and mm-hmm. dignity even mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and just the environment kind of on a bigger sense um, besides just God says so? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I actually, again, find non-Christians to often be much more Mm-hmm. willing to hear. Um, so I find actually a lot less concern from that mm. group than the other, because many of them are advocates for caring for the earth and, you know, animal advocacy. Um, but, and, and in fact, some of the most powerful works on caring for animals come from non-Christians, mm-hmm. scholarly works. So I would probably point them in that direction, like people like Peter Singer. Um, I don't agree with, I think he goes too far the other way and he Mm. talks about you know we're just one species among many and you know like we should care for each species equally um i I don't see that in scripture but like there's a lot of stuff written out there by people who value animals they they point to the science they point to animal personalities they point to animal personhood they point to um, animal pain Mm. um all of these things are there is so much out there about it um that i think we can pull on mm-hmm. and use. Um, I think, you know, if someone is a Christian and not an Adventist, many times there's a lot out there about that too, right? Mm-hmm. So I think um, I, there's plenty to pull from. I mean, I don't, I, I could just go on and on forever, but I, I'm not sure I'm answering your question. Yeah, because to me, it seems like it can almost this is almost a survival question long-term mm-hmm. for humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of God, there is, like you were bringing up earlier, the fact that having a massive amount of farms versus crops, right? right? Uh, this this is something that is actually in our best interest to mm-hmm. take care of. And, and this is something that I love and I've kind of grown and developed in this understanding of God mm-hmm. is that uh, much like the safety of your child, you tell them not to touch the oven. You don't care about the oven at all, except for the fact that the results of that are that they get burned. Right. And and this understanding of God as not being arbitrary, but as building in this system of when you do uh, what he has ascribed to us, and, and it's almost that he's even just describing the things that hurt us, mm-hmm. right? Long-term and short-term. Right. And this system of like, you know, the ideal uh, diet, the ideal even lifestyle and and uh, ideology of taking care of the earth mm-hmm. uh, serves us and, mm-hmm. and serves our survival. <laughs> oh, yes. yeah. And in fact, I mean, you just 
I have copious amounts of articles mm-hmm. written, science and nature, some which are the top science magazines out there, and by the UN, World Bank, UN World Report, all of these things are just saying our our way of living is unsustainable, mm-hmm. right? So um, if everyone became a vegetarian, we could feed, I think, three Earths yeah. our size, right? Yeah. So that's how many resources go into our diets. Yeah. Um, the the The... Um, rainforest that people concerned about Mm -hmm. majority of them are being cutting down or burned to plant food to feed animals Uh, for us to eat so you know a lot of the things that we're concerned about a lot of the famines in the world are coming from huge companies going and buying up people's land farming Mm -hmm. um, food to feed animals to feed us so again that like 83 percent of the crop 83 percent of the land goes to feed only 18 percent of the of the mm. calories mm. and that remaining or it's I can't remember the numbers exactly but that remaining percentage is very small but that feeds the rest of the world wow. so um, yes it's it's not just animals to care about it's also the earth it's it's other humans you yeah. know yeah. huge problems um, resulting from our, our choices that we're doing and again the, the full picture is not just becoming a vegetarian. I want to clarify that. Yes. Like taking care of the earth is much bigger than that. Yeah. But I think that is one of the most pressing things right now mm-hmm. that many people are noting that that is something that, that is fairly easy for most people to make a change in and make a huge difference. What do you think of the Impossible Burger? Uh, just, just as far as like long-term effects of popularizing a non-meat, mm. uh, do you think that this is something that ultimately really benefits us and really gets us in the right conversations? Or do you think that it's kind of like, you know, a nice thing to do, but maybe uh, not as effective as people might want to feel like it is? I've never been asked that question before. It's a good question. (laughs) Um, My husband had one. We were traveling back from somewhere a couple months ago and and he was like, I have to take this back. Like, this is meat, you know? And I'm like, no, it's not meat. You know, he's like, no, it is definitely meat. Like, I've had meat and this is, you know, it's, no, it's not. <laughs> it's so that was, that was encouraging that it, they're making it. I think we need to have as many things as possible, right? Mm-hmm. If someone likes that taste, mm-hmm. let's give them that taste. Sure. If that's something that can be meaningful to them. It is probably not going to be meaningful to someone who's been a vegetarian their whole lives. Sure. You know, because they're like, why would I want that? Like, I didn't even grow up on the typical Adventist meat substitutes. Like... We never ate them. We ate whole foods, plant-based whole foods. And so, like, I don't, I'm not interested in big pranks and whatever, you know? So, like, but my husband is, right? So, and I, and I think there's a place for them. I don't think they're wrong, but like many have noted, you can actually be a very unhealthy vegetarian and you can be a very healthy meat eater, right? So I think it's more than just like, don't eat meat. Like, how are we, if we're thinking about health, like it's a much Mm -hmm. bigger question than just the meat issue, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, I have a good friend who, for a variety of reasons, now eats some meat because it helps her health-wise. And, like, mm-hmm. who am I to say? Like, I, you know, I feel like we live in this pretty messed-up world. It's not going to be cut and dried, right? right? So things like meat substitutes, if those can help people transition, go for it. I think, yeah. are they healthy? You know, I don't know. Like, that's yeah. debatable. I see all this stuff about how, you know, is it really better to, you know, I don't know. But if it can help so it may not help you health-wise, but maybe it will help you in all these other areas, right? Yeah. Like caring for the earth and yeah. um, caring for other humans and animals. Yeah. So even for that alone, I think it's fine. But I just do think that we need a bigger conversation because I think people often 
point out our, our issues as vegetarians and say, well, like you're eating crap, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're eating all of this mess. Like, yeah. why don't you just eat healthfully and eat meat and vegetables? And, yeah. you know, so they have a point, right? Mm -hmm. So should we be like, yes, come be a vegetarian and eat all our meat substitutes. I don't think that's the answer either. Yeah. <laughs> but if it can be a transition thing for people or something mm -hmm. that maybe if someone's a flexitarian, which is, you know, eat limited meat, and that can be something that can tide them over, mm -hmm. great. What do we do about, you know, it seems like the conversation can go either way, depending on maybe a person's worldview, because it seems like whatever facts you want to find, you can find them, you know, <laughs> and we live in that, that world. The fake news world. Where yeah. Google will tell us anything we want to hear, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. like why vegetarianism is not the best diet or why the paleo diet is the best diet. Like, mm -hmm. and so we, we hear these conversations and it's hard to, to, to really know who's telling the truth or how to have discernment. In fact, you know, the, the, the documentary Game Changers uh, came out and have you seen it? Has I anybody seen it? Okay. I know of it. Either. So it's, it's, <laughs> I'm biased probably because it's um, it's a guy who you know is an MF MMA fighter. He gets injured and he does all this research about what's the best diet to recover uh, from injuries. And he goes on this whole discovery of all these athletes who are vegan. And so and he begins to incorporate different scientific discoveries about mm -hmm. what um, animal products does when it's inside your body and what happens mm -hmm. to your blood, what happens when you don't eat meat. And so, but there's been a lot of blowback. He takes a stance for, for veganism. And there's just a lot of controversy around it mm. because people are saying he's not giving the right facts. He's not telling the truth. And so what do we do when there's just, you can find any answer that you want to find? I think that is always the case for anything. Right. Mm. So um, I don't think debates are helpful in that way. I don't mm. think... Um, I don't think beating someone over the head with the club of Jesus is helpful, right? So I think for me, I would want to hear that person and talk with them and what are their reasons for why they do what they do, right? We, our country went through the same thing with smoking. Mm. I mean, if you go back, I don't know how many years, but I mean, when I was a kid, smoking mm. was everywhere. We were, yeah. you, people smoked on the plane, mm -hmm. people smoked in restaurants, it was just everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And you could read all these things about the benefits of smoking. I mean, not so much maybe when I was a kid, but before that, right? So mm -hmm. people had all these things that were scientific studies, whatever. But slowly but surely, the truth comes out. And that's how science works. That's what I would encourage people. Like science is a slow thing mm. because it's a peer-reviewed process. And people have to do those studies over and over and over again. And But it's coming out like more and more clear. You, you look at some of the ideal diets things now, Canada now has their eat well plate and they basically say there is no animal products on that plate. Mm. And they say the science has showed don't eat animal products. Mm. They shouldn't be a part of your diet basically. And there's been of course huge blowback from all of the meat and dairy lobbies. Um, but that's where the science is trending, you know, yeah. which of course we were hundred years ahead of the game with Ellen White and yet yeah. we've not lived <laughs> it. Right. So, um, our scientists could be there and we we're doing some Loma Linda is doing some work with that, but I think the science is going there. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, there's going to be some studies going to, that are going to say the opposite, but I think that's just part of science, right? Mm -hmm. You, you, and it's, 
honestly, that's part of scripture too. You can find a text to tell you whatever you want to believe. But when you're, when you're looking at the Bible, you got to look at the whole Bible. Mm -hmm. What does the whole Bible say on a topic? What is the context of that passage? Right. And so often that's what we don't do with science either. Right. We just pick one thing that tells us what we want rather than really doing our research. Mm. Right. Which requires us to read things on all sides on every aspect of that issue. So until we've done that, I don't think that we can speak um, forcefully about something Mm. or we shouldn't. I think just examining our motives like really helps with the like massive amount of news Mm. confusion Mm -hmm. because whenever your motive is, I just don't want to worry about that. Probably you have some work to do in learning, right? If, if, if my stance is I should be able to meet, eat meat because I don't want to learn about what's, wrong, you know, then, then clearly I have some work to do. Cause I, I see people doing the same thing with scripture, right? Where they, they find verses that support their view and then kind of disregard the ones that don't. Right. And, and yeah, we do this no matter what biblical mm-hmm. or not. But if, if my motive is like, I really truly want to know what's best for, mm-hmm. you know, people, what's best for the planet, what's best for what God wants for me then that involves going in and doing that research yeah. with that heart. Mm. Yeah. Um, Regardless and, of the conclusion that comes right. to yeah. it. And it's very difficult to hold that position if you're not willing to do that work. Mm. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, what we talked about here today, just kind of looking at the intelligence and sentience of animal life, mm-hmm. you know, and I think the more that we can look at it from a perspective of not maybe what's what's healthy for your body what's healthy for the planet but also seeing ourselves as like cohabitors with Mm -hmm. other animals and seeing them truly as a a, a being to be respected and Mm -hmm. one that has feelings and thoughts and I think that helps us to begin to change the level of conversation because other cultures you know Native American culture Mm -hmm. other cultures who have not been so westernized have kind of that base understanding of like Mm -hmm. These are our brothers and sisters in some way. We have the call to care for, for things that feel. Right. And the more we become an empathy, like those things can begin to derive some of our choices. And if we do kill the animal, we use every part of it. We do it sacredly. Mm. We do it carefully. Yeah. We don't do it in a, in a cruel way. You know, I, I think we do have a lot to learn from other people on how, how we treat them, even yeah. if we are going to eat them. Yeah. Yeah. What would some of the last thoughts would you like to leave our audience today? I love, always love to give the last word to our guest. Again, I would just reiterate, I think that giving yourself a guilt trip over where you're at on any of this is not helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I hope that we each re-examine our own lives and our own hearts mm-hmm. and be willing to go back to scripture and look at what does God really think about animals? God cares for them. What does God call us to do with animals. He calls us to care for them too. And then what does he say about animals? That they're, they're co-creatures with us. They, they love and feel and suffer and pray and praise God. And yes, they're not as important in us as, as humans in the, in the hierarchy of life, but that God still values them and that we should too. Mm. And that we should seek in every way possible in all our lives to also care for them. Um, does it mean that we'll be perfect? Does it mean we'll be able to save everything? No, Hmm. but that we are called, God is calling us to a higher standard and Hmm. calling us to re-examine our lives and the choices we make and that our choices do matter. Right. Yeah. And, um, but that God is also gracious 
and that God is wanting to lead us on this journey and God is not sitting there seeking to condemn you. He wants to lift you up to a better place mm. that cares for his other creatures and cares for the world and cares for the other humans on this planet too. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Caleb, do you have any last thoughts you want to leave with our audience? I mean, I just, I just appreciate this conversation because um, this idea of just doing something better than you did before, mm. right? That, that we want personal growth. We want to be better people and we want to be better caretakers of the environment around us, mm. both person to person and just the world in general. Yeah. And, and I think that it's so much more accessible with this mentality than the cut and dry tomorrow. You need to be a completely different person, mm. right? You need to change all of the factors of your life, but instead working constantly toward being better. Um, mm -hmm. Because over time, it really does, I think, get us to a, a, a very different place in life. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is an effective way to move forward for your average person that finds themselves convicted, but uh, almost unable or, or unwilling at first to make just a dramatic, complete change tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Right. Well said. We're so glad you joined us this week as we explore the Bible and biology to answer questions regarding framing an ethic towards animals and the environment. We want to thank the Adventist Learning Community for making this program possible, as well as our guest, Dr. Rahel Wells. If you're not already following us on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, be sure to do so at the handle at AdventNext. Thanks so much for tuning in and see you next week.